All right. Well, let me, um, there you go. And we are now being recorded. So I just want to welcome those that are online and on the phone. Hi, Richard and Barb and Bruce. Um, Bruce Johnson, I appreciate you helping out with this webinar today. Um, I am not going to take too much more time, so I'm going to turn it over to Bruce. And if you have any troubles, Bruce, I'm standing by to help, okay? Thank you, Jimmy. Well, good afternoon. I guess it's afternoon now. It's uh, lunchtime. I'm here in Fairbanks where it's nice and cool, uh, but uh, I'm uh, actually attending a uh, mentor-teacher uh, training session, and it involves mentors who are being trained or doing other kinds of work if they've uh, been involved as mentors uh, for the past several years. And so some good things are happening here, and clearly the the work that's going on here is beneficial to our school districts that, that take advantage of the mentor-teacher program. Some great, great coaches and, and mentors uh, being prepared here. So that's been my privilege to be here today and, and tomorrow to, to witness that and participate and gain some better understanding of the, of the quality of that program. Let me just say a word about myself. Uh, I, I've been in Alaska since 1983. I originally came as the assistant superintendent in Juneau and became their superintendent. Uh, stayed there for eight years, moved on to Kodiak where I served as an area village principal while my daughter was an infant and then became their superintendent, uh, left there, moved to Mount Edgecombe to be superintendent and many of you are aware that that's a, an appointment uh, out of the Department of Education You report to the Commissioner of Education and as luck would have it, I was kind of in the right place at the right time. The deputy commissionership became available. They invited me to take that job in the latter part of the Knowles administration and so I did that job and worked extensively statewide uh, along with uh, the legislature and a whole host of other people during my tenure there. And then I had the good fortune of joining the school board association and spent nine years there uh, working with the school board team um, doing a variety of things uh, from uh, starting out as uh, helping districts uh, get better at uh, serving the needs of all kids in what we call quality schools, quality students. and then took on superintendent searches and consortium for digital learning and was a registered lobbyist for those nine years and so forth. And, um, but uh, um, as always, you know, I looked for new opportunities and had a chance to become the executive director for the Alaska Council of School Administrators. Uh, and at the same time, that job involves the executive director of the superintendent association as well. So I'm doing that. Started there in July, kind of getting my feet on the ground and uh, been a good experience, good change for me, I think, uh, just a new playing field, back working extensively with administrators, which is the bulk of my training. But I can't tell you how much I enjoyed my work um, with the school board association and everything that went on there and the opportunities that I was given, including uh, the opportunity to travel to 47 of our 53 school districts during that nine-year period and do work of one sort or another. So I got well acquainted with the state. Um, so that, that's who I am uh, in, a, in a nutshell, and I see we've got Bill McLeod joining us as well, the new superintendent in Dillingham. Uh, welcome to you, Bill. Um, uh, Barb, would you like to say anything at this point? Uh, no, um, just that these um, trainings are very valuable. And Barb, where are you from? Um, I'm on the school board in Nome. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to you. I understand you're going to be looking for a new superintendent this year, so good luck with that process. 
Thank you. You know, I was looking over Joe Reeves' packet last last night. We have a meeting today specifically about that, and I am very, very, very grateful for AASB and all the work they do in all areas. Yeah, well, that's great. That's great. Um, and uh, Richard, you're out in Chivac, right? Yes, I am. Hi, Richard, and welcome. Uh, uh, I've been been to your neck of the woods several times and helped uh, facilitate your search when Doug Convoy was selected as your superintendent a couple years ago and enjoy my relationship with him very much. Bill, you're on. Thank you. Bill, are you on? Well, I don't hear Bill, but he's showing up as a participant. He just may have his phone on mute or something. But anyway, welcome, uh, Bill. And uh, I was just in Dillingham in December uh, working with Bill and his board. So that was uh, as a follow-up to the superintendent search that I did there in the past. Um, okay, our topic today is, is communication and building relationships. Um, um, obviously, uh, um, I... I guess I've walked in the shoes of the superintendent, never having walked in the shoes of a board member, uh, but I've had lots of side-by-side uh, -side conversation and worked together with school boards, so I think I have a sense of, of what they would like to have happen as well. But uh, certainly encourage uh, everyone to speak up as the opportunity presents itself uh, and uh, ask questions, those sorts of things. Um, let me see if I can spend... Uh, Okay, teaming for success. Um, obviously, in kind of the, uh, um, I guess, the broad, big parameter, the school board governs. Um, you know, that's, that's, you're the policy setters. You kind of keep that, um, that balcony look over the school district, not necessarily getting involved in everything that's happening on a day-to-day -day basis, but overseeing and, of course, your, uh, your chief executive officer, your superintendent, does the day-to-day -day heavy lifting to keep the district moving in the direction, abiding by policies, uh, you know, working towards your long-range plan, strategic plan, those sorts of things, responsible for hiring and supervision, all of those sorts of things. So um, big, big job for the superintendent. Um, um, together, uh, the board and superintendent form the district leadership team. It's, uh, you know, you probably have heard the, concept that you rarely find a great school unless you have a great staff and a great principal. It doesn't take just a great staff, but it takes a great building leader in order to help create a great uh, school and educational program that really meets the needs of young people. I think the same is true at the district level. It does require that the board and superintendent work together as a leadership team, a management team. Um, and so united we stand, divided we fall. Uh, if it doesn't work, it's, it's, uh, it's time to uh, look uh, for a different approach and get some help and all of those sorts of things. And then ultimately uh, it, it might even require that you look for at some point uh, a, new, a new superintendent. The roles and responsibilities, again, this is kind of a textbook approach just to give us a little background. Um, you know, what does the board do? The board assists and supports the superintendent with advice and counsel. Um, that's the purpose of school board meetings. That's the purpose of individual telephone calls. You're always out there with your ear to the ground, uh, listening to your constituents and providing 
feedback in the term of either advice or counsel uh, for the superintendent. Many superintendents are, you know, Bill's brand new out in Dillingham. He's going to rely on his board. You know, how do we do things out here? What is the culture of how um, tough decisions are made and who needs to be involved in those sorts of things? You can play a tremendous role there. Um, um, obviously, you approve uh, policy. You know, many times the superintendent's, uh, superintendent and his or her team will uh, put together that policy in the form of a draft, many times using ASB's resources to do that and then bring it forward uh, for the board con to consider and eventually approve. Budget adoption. Um, the board doesn't create the budget. The staff creates the budget, but you can have a lot of input in along the way as that budget's being uh, developed. And so when you get that final budget for approval, it's not you know, a surprise to you. You know what's going to be in there. That, that's the way a close team will work. You delegate to the superintendent um, all executive functions. You know, in other words, and this is one that sometimes is a challenge for, for school boards, um, the superintendent is responsible for all personnel. They hire, they fire subject to board approval. Um, but you, you need to let your superintendent um, make those determinations. Again, you can offer advice, you can offer guidance. Ultimately, you want your superintendent to be taking responsibilities for hiring and fire. You may be involved in the process along the way. Many districts are, many school boards are. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. If that works for your district, works for your superintendent, that can be uh, a good deal. Um, you, you want to do your very best to keep superintendents informed. You keep your superintendent informed. No surprises. Don't, you know, come to the, the, the Tuesday night meeting loading for bear. You've heard something negative, and, and so you're going to kind of, during board comments or at the beginning of the meeting as you agenda, uh, try to amend the agenda or something of that nature, uh, and then kind of lay this in the lap of your superintendent and fellow board members. That's something that should you should immediately get a hold of your superintendent or your board chair if you're not the board chair yourself. Let them know what you've heard. How, do, how are we going to collectively deal with this? Are we going to deal with it tonight? Are we going to put it off for the future? Are you hearing angry parents going to come? You know, whatever that is, be sure that, that you uh, do your very best to be sure that everybody's prepared to deal with it in a professional manner. No surprises. Um, so complaints are referred to superintendent. At the same time, it's your, it's your job to hold the superintendent accountable. If, you, if the superintendent's agreed to do something, um, you know, please uh, um, feel uh, on, that it's, you're entitled to updates and, and other things that, that might, whoops, that might uh, um, come along. Um, the superintendent, on the other hand, if you look at, you know, they need to be loyal to the board. They, they're your only employee. So your superintendent is your employee, your chief executive, and you can expect loyalty in the form of accurate communication, uh, not talking behind any board member's back or any of those sorts of things. They should be absolutely loyal to the board. If they've got an issue with a board member or the board in total, it's up to them to figure out a way of getting that message across in a constructive way so that it can be dealt with professionally uh, and uh, collectively you can move forward. Um, obviously, the board's going to assist, uh, or the superintendent's going to assist the board with uh, counsel and advice. That's why you hire them uh, and pay them the big dollars and, uh, is to be sure that you have a professional educator that's helping you move forward in serving the needs of all young people. 
Uh, it's the superintendent's job to keep the board fully informed, and that's more than just at board meetings with a board agenda. It's uh, whenever there's a crisis, uh, you know, something out of the ordinary occurring in your school district. Uh, you know, most superintendents will email if that's the appropriate communication device. Uh, call everyone uh, just to keep them informed so that, in turn, you're not surprised by what's going on in the district and hear it first from a constituent. So that, that street goes two ways. Um, the superintendent will recommend instructional improvements, uh, recommend purchases and services that are necessary in the district. Sometimes, um, you know, you're going to change how you're doing business, and the superintendent in most districts, uh, and I think it works well, that you consider that well in advance of having to make that decision to be sure that the board as a total group are comfortable. It's not that you have to take action on all of those things, but it's a way of working together as a leadership team. Um, the superintendent's responsible for managing the finances of the district. You have broad oversight, but I think an expectation is that you're going, that the superintendent and his or her staff, uh, right down to the principal level, will live within the adopted budget. If not, they will come to you and suggest that a revision of the budget is necessary. And obviously, uh, nowadays, accountability related to student achievement is a real pivotal uh, point. Uh, uh, in a superintendent's responsibility, um, how can you be assured that the school district is moving forward in helping all young people be ready for that next step in their life as they're leaving high school? Um, I would urge you to, if you haven't done so as new board members, is to take a look at the superintendent's contract so that you're familiar with how those roles are defined uh, in, the, in that particular contract. All superintendent contracts, while there's lots of similarities, there are some differences. So it's, uh, it's certainly well within your uh, realm of responsibility and right to request a contract so that you get to know that. Then there, and so when that contract comes up for review on an annual basis, uh, you're in a good position to understand it. At the same time, in your day-to-day -day relationship with the superintendent, you understand the contract and what he or she has agreed to in joining your school district. Um, so don't be bashful about those things. Uh, you know, the superintendent's contract is a public document. Uh, not many people, you know, necessarily are all that interested in it, but as a board member, uh, it, it pays to become um, um, familiar with that contract. So who's responsible? Um, uh, and this is a way of engaging you a little bit so you're not just listening to me. Um, in, uh, and maybe because we're a relatively small group, uh, Bill, are you on now? Yes, we are, Bruce. Okay, and Bill, how many board members are with you? One, Bernita uh, uh, Benoit. Okay, very good. Um, so maybe we can just uh, have one, one of uh, a board member respond uh, to each of these. Barb, uh, in your mind, who's, who's responsible for the supervision of employees at the school site? How would you respond to that question as a new board member at this point in your development as a board member? Okay, um, at the elementary building, it's the elementary principal. At the high school building, it's the high school principal. At Anvil City Science Academy, it's the principal teacher. At Nomute Facility, it's the director of the Nomute Facility. And at the district office, um, the superintendent is re ultimately responsible for all the employees. Hey, great, great response. Anybody 
disagree with that kind of approach, that it's the immediate supervisor that is responsible. They do the evaluation. They do the supervision. And as Barb has indicated, you know, if there are some trouble spots, then obviously they go to their superintendent or in, in larger districts where there may be assistant superintendents or directors assigned to a particular level, they might go there first. But kind of follow that chain of command and fairness to those people who work at the building uh, school site level. Um, so great response. Barb, anybody have any comments uh, beyond what Barb's offered? Okay, hearing none, uh, I'm going to move us forward. Who appoints, compensates, and otherwise controls all school employees? Whose job is that? Uh, Richard, do you want to take a stab at that? Um, the superintendent and the board? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, the, the superintendent, you know, appoints and then makes a recommendation to the board to support that appointment. Um, you know, compensation is, is often um, determined by uh, contract. In other words, the superintendent doesn't necessarily uh, just able to go out there and offer an employee X amount of money. It's covered by a union contract. It's covered by some sort of salary schedule that the board has adopted, which has a range, uh, those sorts of things. But, but ultimately, um, the board uh, is involved in some of that. The control of all school employees, you know, the first line there is the immediate supervisor. Uh, obviously, then the, the superintendent would become involved if necessary and obviously look to the board for support uh, for those decisions. So, yeah, thank you, Richard. Good, good answer. So it's not, it's not cut and dried. But, um, you know, obviously a board member should not walk into a building, see a teacher do something wrong, and discipline them. Uh, that's not your job. Your job would be to report that to the, you know, the building principal if, if he or she was available. If that wasn't uh, convenient, let the superintendent know what you observed and then just expect that that's going to be taken care of. You might a few days later say to your superintendent or that building principal if you encountered them, uh, did everything work out? You, you know, you're not necessarily entitled to all of the details, but you can be sure that they followed through on that. Okay, and uh, Bill, your group there. Who supports the employment of administrators, uh, who approves the employment of administrators, teachers, and non-certified personnel? Well, the, um, the board approves employment. Yes, ultimately the board approves that. You know, we've entered a day and age where, you know, when you go, when, when Bill and his team goes to the job fair in April, and you've got three openings. Everybody's there looking after, you know, looking for the brightest and best teachers and the ones that best fit that role that you have. You know, most boards have really authorized contracts to be uh, granted at that moment in time with superintendent approval. Uh, and then, obviously, it is subject to board approval, uh, you know, once you have a formal board meeting, and that puts that final stamp of approval on that, that individual joining your school district. But if you don't do that, uh, you know, there are three other districts or maybe a half a dozen other districts that are lined up to sign that person on. So it used to be that you could go there and search for your people, come back, and a couple weeks later, the board and superintendent can have that conversation. The, the superintendent can outline all of those things to the board, and then they take action, and then you offer a letter of intent and a contract to a teacher. 
that's no longer a practical approach. You're not going to get the best and brightest that are available at the job fair if you approach it that way. The point being here is that, yes, the board has that final authority and responsibility, but the practicality of today's hiring and the limited number of people wanting to come to Alaska and coming to some of your communities, you have to be proactive. And so you talk all of those things through ahead of time so there are no misunderstandings. Uh, communicating with your superintendent as a board member, uh, you know, it's, uh, I would say there's no one way of doing this. Uh, the important thing is that you work collectively as a board, as an individual board member, with your superintendent to be sure that it works for you and works for your superintendent in supporting a positive relationship. There's no cookie-cutter approach, um, but rather what works for Dillingham, what works for Nome, what works for Chivac might be slightly different. The important thing is that you figure that out locally so that your needs are met, you as a board, you as an individual board member. You know, I, I've heard superintendents, uh, not, not in Alaska, but a superintendent who worked a long time in Alaska went to Nebraska, and his board chair said after he was hired, I want to hear from you at board meetings. No other time. I'm a busy guy. I don't know that there's anywhere in Alaska that, that uh, you know, a board chair would, would approach it that way. But that worked in Nebraska for that superintendent in that board. That's how they did business. That was their culture. They simply said, you're in charge. You lead this district. We want to hear from you once a month. Um, but I think in, in some cases, you're a board member who would like to visit with the superintendent personally by phone or drop by the office for coffee. All of those things can be accommodated. So don't necessarily expect your superintendent always to reach out and create those opportunities. If that's your need as a new school board member to get to know your district and how it works and to get to know your superintendent, by all means, approach your superintendent. You don't have to have board approval for that. You know, um, you know, if you're one of those board members and we, if you've been a superintendent very long, you've, you've experienced board members who might be overly zealous in terms of the amount of time that they require from you, and at some point um, it might be that your superintendent is going to have to say to you, if you're one of those individuals that needs a lot of time, you know, can we structure this once a week, um, you know, in such a way that I can still get my job done. Don't, don't have your feelings hurt over that, uh, but respect your superintendent for his or her willingness to step up and say, you know, I want to communicate with you, but I can't do it every morning between 10 and 11 o'clock and still get the rest of my work done and in fairness to other board members. So, again, kind of figure those things out. So, as I, the second bullet there, it requires open, direct, two-way communication. So stick with it till it works for you and works for your superintendent and works for your board. Um, so you can determine that. There, as I say, there's no cookie-cutter approach to how best to do this. But it's rare that you have a successful relationship without ongoing, clear, honest communication between the board and superintendent. So keep that in mind. There, the reason this is a topic is that a lot of things fail in school districts because there isn't good communication. And, uh, and you just got to stick with it. And so you do not have surprises. You don't have board meetings that go haywire on you because 
one party or the other was not uh, in a position to understand how important something was that was coming before the board. So um, anyway, um, I'll move on. Uh, the next uh, problem solved for a minute. You are confronted by a constituent in your local supermarket or, or store, in the case of a village, regarding a constituent's displeasure in having their child assigned to a particular third grade teacher. How would you conduct yourself as a board member, and what would you do following the conversation? So here you are. You're in the aisle of your store, grocery store. You're hit up by a constituent that's really not happy with his or her uh, uh, third grader's teacher. What would you do? Um, uh, Bill, let's start with Dillingham this time. Bill, I'm sorry. I missed the first name of your board member. Bernina? I'm sorry. I still did not get that. It's uh, Bernina. Bernina. Okay. I was hearing Marina. Bernina. Okay. Bernina, how, how would you deal with that in Dillingham uh, now as a new school board member, just learning the ropes? First of all, I would listen to their concerns because mostly they just want to talk to someone and then encourage them to approach it in a their kind of approach the teacher and then and the principal kind of follow that line. Because as a board member, we can't really do anything or demand anything from the principal anyway. So just, you know, making sure I listen and encouraging them to um, follow that kind of Protocol. Very, very good. Um, nice, complete answer. Yes, that's not your job to solve this problem, um, but uh, you know you can be sure to do that listening, that encouragement. Um, you know, you might, you might the next time you see the principal, or maybe you want to, if it's serious enough and your 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 anxiety is up over what you've heard, you might want to give that the principal a call, and I think you'd also want to let your superintendent know if it rose to that level that, you know, there's there's some concern about this third grade teacher. And, you know, I think most principals or superintendents would want to get back to you and say, you know, I checked into that. They might kind of outline the other side to that story. There are always two sides, those sorts of things. But you're exactly right. You don't have to own that challenge. Put that back where it belongs. It's a it's the parent's responsibility to make contact with that teacher, that principal. They're not happy there. They can go on to the superintendent. But in the meantime, you're giving um, you're giving your administrative staff a heads up. So thank you for that. Uh, again, I'll move us on in the interest of time here. Meaningful communication. Um, meaningful communication. Some analogies here is to a partnership what gas is to a car or air to a ball. Without it, the car can't move, the ball can't bounce. Partnerships need communication to function. Without it, the relation becomes a masquerade. So again, a communication, I cannot stress enough how important it is to a successful relationship. And ultimately, the stakes for us are very, very high because it means the difference in uh, young people having a the best experience possible in your district. So if people are fighting and off task and not communicating, then everybody gets caught up in that and you lose your focus on what's in the best interest of young people. It becomes adult issues rather than young people issues, so forth and so on. So the bottom line is um, relationships are built around communication and they're essential to keep your district moving forward on behalf of young people. Relationship building attitudes. Um, 
Uh, again, um, communication is a piece of it. Uh, also, you know, attitudes. Um, I always assume good faith. I do not question your sincerity or sanity. Um, as a superintendent, I think that that works pretty well. You know, um, not everybody may be of good faith in at certain times or in the early part of the relationship because they don't understand, they haven't gotten to know you well enough, those sorts of things. But ultimately, I think people run for the school board to offer something back to their community and help move education forward in a way that's beneficial to young people. So as school board members, I think you should, despite your current point of view as a new superintendent, you know, or a new, new board member, assume good faith on the part of your other board members as well as your superintendent. They're doing the best they can. Those sorts of things uh, do not question their sincerity. I care about our relationship and want to resolve differences if, in perceptions when those come up. So you're going to take the initiative when that comes up to do that as a board member, just as I would encourage your superintendent to do the same. Don't let problems fester. Don't let misunderstandings fester. Um, I think if, in the case of Bill's online here uh, with Bernina uh, from Dillingham, if Bill's had a bad board meeting and it, he can attribute it to some differences with a particular board member, I suspect Bill's going to pick up the phone uh, the next morning and see if he can't resolve that. Maybe even before he goes home that evening so he has a better night's sleep. Um, the responsibility goes both ways in terms of building a relationship around honesty and openness. I'm open to influence and am prepared to change. Um, you know, there are very few black and white issues in education. There's always some middle ground. There's always two sides of the issue. So I would just encourage you as new board members you know, be open, you know, even though you may have even run your campaign around a particular platform for change, be ready to be influenced by fellow board members, uh, the training that you go through as a new board member so that you can see other sides of the issue that you may not have seen um, as a brand new board member or a candidate for, for the board. So be open to that influence and be prepared to ch be changed uh, if the evidence is overwhelming that, you know, gee whiz, I, I didn't have all the facts and I was looking at that issue wrongly. Um, therefore, now I, I, I'm in a better position. I can go back to my constituents and tell them what I've learned and uh, that the district's really doing a pretty decent job in this area that I felt uh, was really lacking at one point in time. So be prepared for, for that and open uh, to uh, understand and, um, and change with additional information. Um, encourage you uh, in your behaviors to, to listen, to understand, um, speak to be understood, and start dialogue from a common point of reference or a point of agreement and move slowly into those areas of disagreement. So build on the good conversation that's going on uh, and recognize that and give people uh, um, a lot of credit and listen intently to them for what they're saying and then gradually move into, you know, kind of the what-ifs and uh, have you guys thought about this particular issue related, uh, um, you know, to this topic, those sorts of things. So don't just come out with, you know, your guns blazing, those sorts of things. Um, listen, understand, uh, uh, speak clearly, uh, not in an accusatory sort of way, and move gently and slowly into disagreements. 
you can influence by communicating. Three basic categories of influencing. You know, one is to model because others will see you by example where you're listening acutely to others. Um, you build caring relationships with others. You know, you feel. Um, they see you as a genuine, compassionate, caring person that's there to influence policy and district decisions in a way that will benefit others, particularly students. And then, where appropriate, you can mentor by instructing. You can be a teacher. You can be that model for others so that they can hear you and learn learn for, from you. Um, character uh, traits uh, that I think uh, really go a long ways, uh, both for superintendents as well as board members. Um, define your relationships around integrity, you know, the value we place on ourselves, who we are. Uh, we're going to be honest. We're going to be compassionate. We're going to work very hard at communicating effectively with all board members as a superintendent and vice versa. Every board member will work very intently to communicate effectively uh, with integrity uh, with your superintendent. Maturity, defined as the balance between courage and consideration. Um, you know, I, I think back to my early days of being a, a principal and, and not a father, and I had all kinds of advice for people with children and those sorts of things. Is this is the way you should do things. As I matured and had greater life experiences, you know, I think I, 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 I did much better in this area. I, have, I always had lots of courage, um, but I, I didn't al always have the experience base, and therefore I wasn't always as considerate as I probably should have been the complicated lives that people led and how challenging it is to, to raise and, and rear children and get them into adulthood in one piece. And um, certainly it was nothing for me like becoming a dad myself to understand how challenging that was. And believe me, as a father, I've, I've experienced many challenges as well as growth experiences with my, my daughter. Um, but I couldn't be happier and, and more proud as a, as a father at this point in time, despite the challenges that I had along the way. But maturity really helped me. Abundance mentality, I think, is another thing. Defined as there's plenty out there for everybody. None of us, you know, have um, our arms around all the valuable information, the right way of doing things. None of us have that. And so we can learn from others and recognize that others have lots and lots to offer, and we can all be good at something. And so if you're a member of a five-member board, which I guess uh, in your case most of you are, um, you know, they, every board member has something to offer. Every school administrator has something to offer. Look for that and use that in your district in a way that will benefit, uh, benefit young people. Um, getting started. Okay, as a new board member, you find yourself unfamiliar with many issues coming before the board despite your best efforts to study the issues and read your meeting packets. So you're brand new, as, as the three of you are, um, and you do find yourself unfamiliar with many issues. What's a good strategy when casting a vote while you're still learning about the issues coming before the board? Um, how about Richard? Um, any ideas on, on how you would approach this? What do you do, Richard? In other words, uh, uh, how, how do you look for guidance as a new board member in CHEVAC? Um, I talk with uh, fellow board members and then uh, visit with our superintendent. 
Okay, super. So you, you kind of look for your board members who have been on the board for a while, uh, know the ropes, they've been through some of this before, uh, and, and listen intently to, to their voice and the conversation that goes on at the board table or over coffee at some point with them and so forth. Um, you know, they're experienced. You know, again, that's kind of like that, what we just talked about, that maturity. You know, they're, they're mature board members. You're not. You're just starting out, potentially, unless you've been a board member at some other point. Um, the, for the most part, you're starting out, and issues are complicated. You're not going to be able to get your arms around all of the facts as some of the other board members who may have dealt with this topic several times before. Barb, would you like to add anything in that regard? Sure. Um, um, I always try to, uh, um, and this was reinforced at AASB, um, every decision I make, um, I always ask myself, is this what's best for the students? And another thing I try to do all the time is we do get buried in the packets and, and uh, Robert's Rules of Order, but I try to always remember what my, what my major issues are for me in this community and and with this school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. You know, so you you know, you kind of sift and sort and keep that focus uh and and be ready to offer uh, uh direction and concern around issues when you have them. Uh, but at the same time, um, as you said, the packet sometimes is large and there are many issues and so you look to others to uh, help advance some of those issues, and you listen intently as you're learning. Yeah, good, good. Benita, you want to add to this one? I mean, I just agree with what both what they said. I don't really have much to add to that. You bet. You bet. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, and you probably have already, most of you have had two or three board meetings at this point in time already, maybe more. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, sizing up your board and, and recognizing that you really respect the experience and um, uh, thinking of a particular board member or several board members, your colleagues sitting around the table. Let them speak for, first, listen to what they say. Um, and if you're kind of undecided, you know, maybe you're going to say, you know, I really trust John's approach here. And it makes good sense to me, and I wished I had more information and more experience, but now as a new board member, I'm going to kind of follow John's lead on this particular issue. On somebody else's, you know, you might follow Edith's issue uh, or uh, thinking and conversation on another issue because you respect um, her background and knowledge uh, regarding that particular issue. So, you know, it, rely on others, you know, for, for their judgment, their conversation, as you have to cast votes when you don't feel 100% comfortable. Um, obviously, there's always the opportunity to abstain and those sorts of things, but, um, you know, you have a board packet, you know, uh, prepare yourself, ask, ask your superintendent questions ahead of time, other board members ahead of time, do your, do your research well so you're as prepared as possible, and then listen intently to that conversation so that your ultimate vote uh, when you're asked for that um, is something that you feel comfortable with. So um, 
Thank you. I appreciate that feedback and, 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 and interaction. Okay, uh, another potential here. As a, new super, as a new board member, you will be asked to provide a written evaluation of your superintendent in either January or February. So many of you in the next couple, three, four weeks, five weeks maybe, you're going to be asked to participate in the evaluation of your superintendent. You've only attended a few meetings. Um, how, what do you do as a new board member with your superintendent's contract? Um, how will you go about responding to the evaluation and participating in the evaluation process? So um, um, let's see. Uh, Benina, do you want to take a stab at this one? Yeah, we actually got done with this last night. So. Oh, good for you. So tell us what happened. Um, well, you know, our the evaluation process had different parts, and um, we had uh, several sections where as a new school board member, we may not have observed something and written that down as well. And, you know, making sure you're honest in what your comments are and what your opinions are. And though I may not have been a school board member in the beginning of the school year, I've had, you know, as a community member, come in here and spoken with um, Mr. McLeod on various occasions. So using those experiences and also listening to um, the other board members and, you know, as previously discussed, this is also something you just listen and um, learn things as you go along. Very, very good. Thank you. Um, Barbara, do you want to respond to this? Uh, I don't know that you're necessarily going to be involved in the evaluation this year right away because you're in the process of hiring a new superintendent. Um, I've been involved in a recent evaluation process, and um, we looked at the superintendent's um, goals that he had um, designed himself for that year. We looked at the district goals. We looked at the um, criteria on the evaluation tools, and um, we each we each um, provided our own messages, and we, um, as a group, determined the evaluation. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing the process that you've used. And, uh, um, and uh, so you just went through an evaluation of your superintendent out there. And uh, is, that, is that correct, Barb? Yes, it is. Since you've been on the board. Uh, I was appointed in April. I was elected in October. I got you. Okay. All right. So you kind of you got a little bit of head start on those folks that just were elected in October. So all right, that that's helpful for me. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's really really true. You're not going to have all of the detail necessarily, uh, and some things it's perfectly okay to say that I don't have enough background and experience to offer. Uh, an evaluation or a comment or a rating in a particular area. Um, you know that that's perfectly legitimate as you're as you're getting your feet on the ground. Richard, how about your evaluation in Chivac? Uh, any response here? Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to do any of the, any any of that as yet. Okay, so you're uh, you haven't had that opportunity and uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, that 
whatever I was able to observe, I would com- make comments on, but then a lot of it would probably be that I would have not ever had the opportunity to, to observe. Yes, exactly, and I and I appreciate that that is complicated uh, um, where you probably have only had a couple board mem- meetings uh, uh, since uh, you were seated as a board member. So, um, but uh, you know, do your best with that, and uh, and uh, you know, don't don't stretch beyond you know what you really know and have observed and have a good feel for. Um, at the same time. Um, I think that for each of you and and your fellow board members in each of your districts, that uh, this the superintendent evaluation provides a wonderful opportunity for frank, honest communication, and it's you know, and maybe some of it is going to be hurtful. Uh, there are some things that you know each of us, uh, uh, every superintendent's not going to be perfect at everything. There may be some potholes that have been stepped in along the way, some missteps. Um, you know, how did we recover from that? You know, don't don't forget to say, yeah, I didn't like the way this was handled, but we recovered and we moved on, and it wasn't the end of the world, and those sorts of things. So be sure that that you know, if you've got things on your mind about the performance of the superintendent, whether you're a new board member or ultimately when you become a more seasoned board member, um, I believe that most superintendents want to hear the uh, the observations of how they're doing in black and white. They don't want it couched in, you know, well, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you this. If you've got something on your mind, I think generally speaking, again, be constructive. Um, you know, everybody can change, you know. Feedback, uh, I had once had a, a colleague describe feedback as the breakfast of champions. Um, you get feedback, you use that to your advantage, and you become better. Um, and that's what you want your superintendent to do. So don't present it, you know, in a way that, that is, is a bunch of gobbledygook, but rather a straightforward communication. I am, was, am concerned about X. Um, I'm concerned about the fact that I think other board members have more information than I have. I'm concerned about the fact that my board packet always gets to me late, you know, and and I don't have time to prepare uh, for the meeting. Well, those are things that your superintendent can work on. The rest of the board can get behind you and support that, and collectively you can you can take a look at that. In some cases, I think. Um, you know, you will have, uh, I don't think I, I, I experienced this myself, um, you will have uh, one or two board members in a large board that um, may not necessarily uh, agree with a lot of what the superintendent's doing. That's a legitimate point of view. You want to give them a voice. You want that to be expressed, and collectively the board and superintendent can take that in and adjust and refine the relationship and the way of doing business so that some progress is made in the direction that that the full board would like to take the district. So um, I guess the point that I'm making about uh, evaluation is that you get this chance every year uh, to have a, a private opportunity to discuss the performance of the superintendent. Often it's also the performance of the other leadership team members, which includes the board. Um, and so you can have that conversation about how do we make this 
this growing relationship, this evolving relationship, either str even stronger so that our focus is on young people um, and, and not distracted by our adult differences. How can we work together? Um, so anyway, I'm going to stop there and, uh, uh, and give everybody an opportunity. We're at, uh, we got about uh, 10 minutes left here. Um, is, uh, uh, Barbara, is there anything that you would like to add, any observations, experiences that you've had that you think might be good for all of us to hear or um, clarification of anything that we've talked about regarding uh, solid communication with your with the board superintendent and the building of that relationship. Uh, no, I I just very much appreciate um, the messages that you provided today, and um, um, they are they are messages that I need to remind myself of constantly. So it, it's good to have what you said. Um, in our hands to to look at repeatedly. And Bar um, Bruce, this is Timmy, and I just want to um, let people know that Barbara was wondering if they can have a copy of the PowerPoint, and I want everyone to be reminded that after the meeting, we um, will send out a link for all these trainings to a hidden site at AASB that lists all the PowerPoints and all the audios so that if someone else on your board wants to listen to this with you, you actually can sit down and go through it and listen to it and walk through the presentation with them. So that's just something I want to remind everyone is an opportunity about these webinars. So it should be, we should, we usually try and send that out either this afternoon or tomorrow morning. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Richard, any comments or follow-up uh, ideas for the good of the group? Um, it's, it's, it, it always helps me to to be a part of these things uh, because when different situations arise, I, uh, some things that I had been listening to uh, um, pop up in my in my mind, and then oh, and then uh, maybe I may not use any of these things now, but I I know that. In the future, I probably will. Very good. Yep, it just goes in your toolbox, you know, all these things that you pick up along the way from presentations like this as well as your own colleagues in GVAC. And as you attend uh, ASB functions, um, there's lots of knowledge and experience uh, that, that we can all learn from. Uh, Benita. Um, I'm just happy that there are some of these you know, you think, oh, it's common sense, but it's nice to be reminded of it and actualize and realize you see it um, outside because sometimes you think it's so obvious, but then you realize, well, maybe not so obvious all the time. So it's a good reminder and, um, I, you know, hearing other people's point of view and um, perspective is always nice, too. Thank you, Benita. Hey, Bill, you've been listening personally or patiently. Are you still on? Yeah. Hey, Bill. Do you want to add anything to the conversation since you're you're uh, in the midst of being a superintendent? Well, I I, I guess I'd uh, make a couple of comments since we just went through the process. Please for do. The other new, for the other new board members, in terms of evaluating your superintendent, uh, we had kind of a series of uh, events, and they were our work sessions and our board meetings 
where we kind of started off the process with a mid-year updating the board on all of the important initiatives and nuts and bolts of what we've been doing throughout the school year so all the board members would have a, a good feel for where we were, what we've been doing, and where we're at. And that was kind of important because our board has really changed since I was hired. Of the five members, I have three new board members, one of which just came on, what, two weeks ago, Bernina? Two weeks ago, and Bernina came on about a month month ago, and our other board member was elected in October. So it's been uh, it's been really interesting with all of us getting to know one another and getting up to speed on things. But that being said, I think the work session uh, allowing all of the board members an opportunity to get a good, broad scope of what the district has been doing this year helped. Then we had a work session specifically our main topic was superintendent evaluation. And we went through what historically had been the evaluations of superintendents in Dillingham. I brought to the board some alternative uh, evaluate, evaluation tools and, and gave them one that, that I, uh, when asked, I thought would be my recommendation to use. The board thought it would be a good tool for us to use this year. And all of the board members were provided a copy of that. The uh, board chairman took the responsibility of having everybody ensure that they got their evaluation form, went through and checked off all. We, we used a real simple Likert scale from not observed to exceeds. And uh, each board member went through and did their individual. Uh, and then all the board members made comments at the end. And then they... Uh, got that to Kim and they went into executive session. They kind of collated and summarized everything and then uh, in executive session and then came out of executive session and uh, shared that uh, in our public forum and uh, provided that input and took their vote and unanimously decided I was coming back for another three-year contract. Well, good for you, Bill, and uh, congratulations, and thank you for uh, kind of outlining that process that you just used there. And again, you think of what we just talked about today, it was communication. They decided that they, you know, collectively as a superintendent and board were uh, interested in exploring uh, how to do the superintendent evaluation in a way that was comfortable for everyone. They did a work session, decided on the instrumentation, decided on the process, uh, they then followed through and, and had a uh, good conversation in executive session related to the feedback that uh, Bill was being provided. And Bill had an opportunity to reflect on that with the board and ask for clarification and all of those things. So it's about being honest. It's about, uh, you know, doing the process with integrity. And then it's all about communication. And then they went into public session to talk about the relationship that they want to have with their superintendent, what probably is what's going to be the focus in the near term and perhaps the long term, all of those things help build credibility and support for that leadership team. So great example, Bill. It's very timely. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I see we're uh, nearly out of time. Uh, I guess in a, in a thumbnail sketch here, um, the work that you do as school board members and, of course, as superintendent, uh, Bill, in your case, um, is, is, is worthy work. It's important work. Um, I encourage you to uh, continue the, the, the uh, 
positive hard work on behalf of young people. Uh, they need it today more than ever. Um, and uh, my new work uh, involves, you know, working with principals, business officials, and superintendents. Uh, and uh, uh, I constantly remind them uh, whenever we're together about the important role that they're playing in society in Alaska and in each of our communities within Alaska. That uh, this is this is really great work, and it's it's worth all the energy and sometimes the turmoil and conflict and, and heartache. But uh, our kids are worth it. So I encourage everybody to keep up the good fight on behalf of young people and uh, advocate at every opportunity for um, you know the money that we need to get the job done uh, and and other resources that are necessary to attract the very best staff that we possibly can. Um, and in a final way, just urge you to be civil to one another, to your colleagues, to your superintendent. Uh, superintendent, uh, be, be civil to your constituency and, and uh, your board. And, you know, with that civility, uh, we, can, we can really move mountains on behalf of, behalf of our primary constituent being, you know, our young people that we serve. So thank you, Timmy. I'll turn it over to you to wrap up. All right, Bruce. I just want to thank you very much. I I just think you you know covered some great things, and your presentation, even on webinars that that are very hard, is just very easy to sit and listen and take it all in. So thank you very much. Again, um, thank you to the participants. I hope you're able to share this with some of your colleagues. And um, that's all for now. But we'll be back in two weeks with another the next webinar. And in between, it's possible some of you may be coming to Juno for a fly-in. So if you are, I hope to see you then. Thank you all, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And, and Bruce, you have a message from Bill. So look online, okay? All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Please stand by.